Crossface. The Daily Talk Show. A conversation sometimes worth recording with Josh Jansen and Tommy Jacket. It's a Daily Talk Show, episode 241. We're in the big media company <laughs> HQ. Uh, we've got Dan DeBooth. You guys say that like someone floating in the ocean, just like it's just them and a volleyball and they're doing their <laughs> captain's log. It's day 241 yeah. <laughs> alone on this wretched ship. It actually has been a good um, sort of energiser. Because it makes you realise, fuck, we've actually done a few of these now and it's kept us going. It's been a good sort of uh, staple for the show. I've done 19 of my podcast and every podcast when I record my little intro and I go, wow, 19. (laughs) It's like how many radio shows I do, like hundreds. I've done 19 of these things. Have you counted how many radio shows you've done in your... Oh, God. It'd be years. Awful, wouldn't it? Thousands. Yeah, I mean, I would have done my ten thousand hours definitely. You know, that's the that's the main thing. I, I th- think. I think. I, so you were doing five days a week. I was doing brekkie in Shepparton. You were in the city at that time doing the drive show, and we worked it out. It was about two hundred shows a Sorry, year. Sorry, what you were tracking me? I was tracking you. <laughs> no, no, I was tracking myself. Two hundred shows a year. You'd roughly actually, you probably got more holidays than us. We got fuck all, and it was. Horrible. I got great holiday. It was just it spoilt me for life. Like yeah. I honestly think the day I get a work get a job in a real get a work get a work <laughs> when I find myself That's in the working it. way. Yeah. <laughs> for a work please sir <laughs> um if i were to get a job in a proper company i'd just be like oh i'm sorry mm. no that's not how things work mm. here's your task today dan oh no i don't want to do that well that's your job <laughs> oh no that's not for me mm. <laughs> do, how do you explain to um overseas people the australian context of radio like how compared to other parts of the world how do you mean? Like, well, I find that Australian... I'm not like an ambassador. Yeah, well, no, I feel like Australian radio... Like, when when you were working in radio and you t- said to people, oh, yeah, I work, work I in a, radio. I had a really funny one, actually, when I was on holiday in Vietnam and I was on this tour and I got to talking with um, just, you know, yeah, you talk to people in your group, mm. just randos from different countries and you're like, oh, what do you do? What do you do? And they're like, oh, what do you do? I was like, oh, actually... um. I'm an Aussie and they're like, oh, what do you do? I was like, I work in radio. And of course, they go, oh, did you see that story about that nurse in the UK? Because oh, it had just happened. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I, I just signed a contract to work for that company about a week <laughs> before <laughs> it happened. What oh, do, no. do you remember? What, what was the vibe? What was the vibe like in the office? Oh, I was working. I wasn't in the office. But, you, but there was a sort of collateral damage after that. Like I remember being at Fox at the time in I wasn't, I wasn't in. The, I was at Nova. Yeah. And then Adelaide? I, I was that there? Yeah. And then okay. I left Nova and then I was on um, sort of when you have a, a contract, it'll say you can't work for another company um, for three months. You're sort of like toxic for three months after <laughs> that and then you're allowed to work for another company. So when Osterio, when I got like... I guess he'd say headhunted or whatever mm. from Osterio to uh, from Nova to Osterio. I couldn't start work until the end of March, so I had to spend. And they had they'd signed me from the first of January, but I couldn't work until the end of March. So I spent three months not being able to do anything, but getting paid. Yeah, that's genius. Uh, it's fantastic. I recommend <laughs> it. Um, It'd be a good fringe show. Toxic for three months could be the title. <laughs> <laughs> Radioactive man. <laughs> um, what happened when you came in? Well, yeah, I, by then it was – it had been sort of months mm. and 
it was just such a completely different, like no one on our show had anything to do with that. And we just sort of, we were like fresh, I guess. Everyone mm. was like... No prank calls though, right? Mm. Oh, that yeah. A, a that was, and that was such a relief because <laughs> yeah. I hated doing prank calls. Yeah. First of all, I hated the pressure because it was like, oh, I've got to call up someone and trick them. Yeah. I hated doing it. I'd rather just talk to someone. And secondly, just I don't know if people know this, but at least this was my experience, is it wouldn't always work the first time. Mm. You yeah. try a prank idea and it wouldn't work and then you have to try it again and again and mm. you'd just be doing this same routine over and over again to try and see if it could eventually trick someone. What sort of pranks do you remember doing? We did some pretty good ones <laughs> when it was me and Matt, Matt Saracini. Yeah. We were doing a show called The Action Battle Team and mm-hmm. we had this late night uh show that anything, we anything flies late night yeah and again this was in perth so it was a bit off broadway and it was pre uh royal prank so it was just like anything goes mm. and we did this one where <laughs> and we got nominated for an acra for it so i don't feel too bad about it but it was um there was we had a word that the person on the other line they didn't know obviously but they had to say it mm. um when they said it, you would orgasm. <laughs> and you had, so obviously you had to try and get them to say this word and then you would just break out into orgasm. <laughs> but up until then, what you would do is if they said um or ah, you just had to do a sexual moan. <laughs> so like we, the one that uh, worked really well was we rang a cinema and we had to get them to say the words five stars. Sure. That, if they said that, full orgasm. Until then, any um, ah, uh, you just go, oh, like that. Just a little thing like that. And it's just quiet enough so they couldn't quite hear it. And they'd be like, did he? No. And they're, they're in work mode. So they're trying to sort of, um, yeah, they're trying to get on with it. So you'd be like, have you got any uh, good movies on tonight? Um, just let me have a look. And so like. And, and what would you say, how would you rate that movie? Oh, it's pretty good. And you'd be like, oh, but you can't say five yeah. stars. Yeah, you'd be yeah. like, oh, but, you know, what if you were writing a review? What would you say? And that sort of stuff. That was quite fun, actually. See, I like that because it's not too nasty. It's not. Oh, but I still felt a bit bad about it because, mm. you know, Muggins on the other line is, you know. Just doing their does job. It, and they don't know that they're going to be lampooned mm, on yeah. Perth's third highest rating <laughs> night show. Yeah. The action I mean, battle team. You never would have known that something like that, like that. How many prank calls have been done in the world, and then that the royal prank, mm. just getting through to a room in a hospital, getting transferred through, would cause what it did. Well, it started off as a celebration. I remember when when it first happened, as in when the prank call happened. There was a gap between when the prank call happened and when the nurse committed yeah, suicide. Yeah, and and I mean, obviously, it's just. Again, no one would have ever predicted it. Mm. And it was also like the first um, kind of... Uh, uh, that was you, me referring to you. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, nice. <laughs> we're now doing it throughout the whole, <laughs> exactly. whole time. So what do you rate this podcast? <laughs> oh, no. We're five, never stars. five stars. Ah! Yeah, there we go. Get, <laughs> no, it no. Um, Get it done. But it's... It was the first... You know the sort of internet outrage culture yeah. that we all live in where everything is that that's a hundred percent wrong. And I mean, obviously it's an mm. awful thing. Mm. No one's gonna go, oh, that was a fine thing. Like it was one of the most awful things that 
could ever, ever happen to anyone in the course mm. of their day-to-day work. You know, for that to happen because of you just trying to do a good job is absolutely just unfathomable. And I can't even under- I can't even imagine how I would have felt going through that. But it was the first, at least for me, the first moment where I realised that things can just get really horrible mm. really quickly on the internet. I think in that John Ronson book, So You've Been Publicly Shamed, yeah, where, so and the woman who wrote that, again, that awful tweet about uh, you know going to Africa, I hope I don't get AIDS or whatever, mm. and then got off the plane to find out she was the biggest villain in the world. Mm. Um, and no one died from that. Yeah. You know, so it's... It is just this thing where, because people forget, right, that until um, the the revelation that she'd taken her own life, Prince Charles was making jokes about it. Yeah. Like, do you remember there yeah, was yeah. like someone came up to interview him and he goes, "Oh, you're not a you're not an Australian radio host, are you?" Like that, and it, like, and you know, the Conan and stuff were doing bits about it. It was just seen as a funny thing. Now we could also say like. Oh dear, like we were all having a good laugh about someone prank calling someone in hospital with a Mm. slightly quite serious condition. Like, um, and obviously the palace sort of played it down like, oh, Mm. it's just a bit of, she's a bit under the weather, stiff upper lip. But apparently, um, I don't know much about pregnancy or that sort of stuff, but apparently it was quite a serious condition Mm. in hindsight. Um, But even then, like at the time, Everyone was sort of like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then, yeah, the second it went horribly wrong, it was, oh, well, I would never. Yeah. I would never do that. And anyone who does it is awful. And it's like, you know, as with most things, a little bit of nuance kind of helps. And the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. And, yeah, I think it's kind of a good thing that since then I never really had to take advantage of someone over a phone line in that way. Mm. But, I mean, you listen back to... You know, Matt Tilly's got your calls or I American Russo or all these things. <laughs> well, I'll regular. tell you what, you, this is one thing, right? Yeah. Is it's very easy in this modern day and age to forget yeah. um, what things were like yeah. 10, 20 years ago. And I have this little thing that I always say is I'm like, well, every comedian over the age of 40 has a blackface sketch somewhere in their history yeah mm. well sarah silverman talks about that like she, the, and the idea that uh, these things get brought up from the past yeah in a new context yeah and we and hold everyone under the standard of yeah. a, a woke city dwelling you know millennial there was um, drake black guy who did blackface? Yeah, familiar with Drake. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 Josh, I need no. to bring Josh up to speed. Did you say Jake? <laughs> no, Drake. <laughs> no, but Drake. Oh, did- so Francis Drake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I could navigate the world in the Golden Hind. Oh, yes. He did blackface years ago, and he was he's an actor, and he did it to highlight the you know the issues that were there. But he's a black guy, and he got crucified for it. People used it. As sort of some sort of bait to go. <laughs> Me and my friend were thinking of writing a um, parody of '90s sketch comedy. So um, it's just super racist. Well, <laughs> so what we did was we thought for research we'll go back and watch the best of Full Frontal. Yeah. On YouTube, and about watch it for about ten minutes, and then it was like, oh, yep, there's Sean McAuliffe doing his blackface sketch. Mm. Now Sean McAuliffe, yeah. right? Like, wokest dude ever. Mm-hmm. But 
go back 20 years and there he is. You know, he's pretending to be Eddie Murphy or something. Mm. Yeah. Well, should we lock him up? Do you, do you actually get comfort from, from that seeing people? <laughs> like in yeah, the that's sense, my happy place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I'm feeling no, down. Is any time you do something wrong, it's like yeah. at least I wasn't Sean McAuliffe doing black. Like, I've I, never said the phrase at least I'm not Sean McAuliffe. <laughs> if anything, I've said the opposite. Why aren't I Sean McAuliffe? <laughs> so what is the... Um, you know, with everything that's happening, say with um, the even the the moaning sketch sort of thing, you know, the the calling up, the prank call. Do you think? I feel like it's a very common phrase now. It's like, oh, you couldn't do that now. Mm. Do you push back on that? Couldn't do it now. Do you think that we should embrace be embracing all of it? Is there what does that middle ground well, look what like? What I reckon. I mean. I'm not some sort of edge lord saying like PC's gone too far and why can't I do X or whatever. Um, but we will be – I think if you're judging the past on future standards, mm-hmm. you're setting yourself up for a real horrible future because mm. um, we will be judged in 10, 20 years' time and who knows what we do now. Um, I mean, I could – like. There's so many things like in 15 years' time, 20 years' time, my kids could be listening to this going, oh, my God, I can't believe, I can't believe, Dad, that you just did a podcast and it was just three white dudes. In fact, those kids go to private school with that accent. (laughs) Damn straight. No, (laughs) opposite. I'm like, well, you can't say you have faith in a system if you're sending your kids to private school. No, it's a sidebar. But um, there's so many things like there's so many things right now. uh, We're talking earlier while we're having coffee about eating meat and the Mm. sort of ethics around that. In 20 years' time, are our kids going to look at us and be like, I can't believe i can't believe or like you know if you're a parent now and you've got a kid and you're feeding them meat in 30 years time are they going to go why did you put that in my body Mm -hmm. why did you put that awful substance that was i mean god ruining the planet yeah um another one is like even think further, like uh, is the next generation going to look at us and go, oh, my God, you thought there was such a thing as privacy? That's so lame. Yeah. yeah. Privacy. Oh, yeah. yeah as if Everyone that's knows what happen. my dick looks like. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, the government can see my entire medical record. Like yeah. that's just like called life. Not conspiracy Jimmy's though. He, uh, no, he opted he, out. Yeah. This is our mate. Oh, is this... <laughs> We've come, is this well-trodden ground? Uh, no, we did make, like a conspiracy just, Jimmy. Uh, he's opted out of that health Wait, is that one of you in a funny hat? No, no, no. <laughs> he actually, he's in there. He, oh, uh, no, bloody conspiracy Jimmy's yeah. here. Oh, yeah, good day, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's pretty um, funny. Freemasons control the world. <laughs> you did a episode about and someone who like Oh, Mads, Mads Yeah, Mads, that's your first yeah, episode of your yeah, podcast. Yeah. Are, you, um, are you a conspiracy guy? I, oh, I'm one of those people who, um, this is so bad for breakfast radio, but I, I get really nervous about having strong opinions on things because I'm always open to change yeah. and I'm always really um, interested in alternative arguments and I would love to just get to the end of my life and go, can't wait to, you know, find out 
what the answers were because yeah, I never yeah. committed to one. Yeah. 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 Do you feel like you were pushed into – like breakfast radio, you kind of – you have the yin and yang of the duo and you kind of need to come no, with Maz a solid side. are really side. good at that though. Maz and I are really good at that and because and, I remember people are always like – I remember when we first started doing Sydney Breakfast and people would do these interviews with me and Maz – and be like to Maz, oh, do you have to try and shut him up sometimes? As if I was like Carl Sanderlands or something. Yeah. Mm. Or that, oh, you can't say that, Dan. Oh, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and I was like, Maz and I would both be like, what are you asking that for? Yeah. Like we just get on air and be us. Um, and there were so many times when we genuinely were 100% opposite on things, mm. which are great, right? Because you can just, just – fascinate and bewilder the other person with your incredibly strongly held opinion. Mm. Um, But there are other times where you could just sense that there was a boss or a producer being like, couldn't you just have the opposite opinion? Mm. Couldn't you just... And it's like, I mean, I remember way back, way back, I'm talking the first year I started broadcasting and there was a... How old were you? So, 20. Two, mm. 22. Um, and I, we were doing this nightclub event and this kid, I say kid, why would a kid be in a nightclub? He was also 22 probably. <laughs> no, it was a listener event then. Maybe it, wasn't a, maybe it was just at a nightclub. It was a listener yeah. event because I remember this, maybe this guy's like 17, 18. I can't uh-huh. remember, right? Good anecdote, Dan. This guy comes We're up not going to be able to fact check it So yeah, feel free Yeah, yeah. true Alright, so I'm talking to Charles Barkley And he says, Dan, you're the coolest guy No, no uh, So he comes up to me and goes Oh, did your mum like the CD? That's what I said, like an OB It was yeah. like an OB okay. Did your mum like the CD? I went, Sorry, what? Did your mum like the CD? Oh, I know so what I, this is going. I was going like, I have no idea what you're talking about, mate. And he goes, you played this song by like Michael Bublé and then afterwards you were like, oh, I'm going to get my mum that CD for Christmas. Did she like the CD? And of course what I'd done is, you know how you want to try and back sell a music with a bit of a fun sort of joke? I've been like, oh, get that one as a stocking stuff of a mum. Yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> News. But um, <laughs> like obviously this uh, wonderful fan of the show had latched on to any bit of information they could find about their, you know, this radio host that Mm. they loved listening to. Mm. I remember the same thing watching Channel V and seeing like Yumi Steins, Andrew G, James Matheson. I was never a radio sort of I love radio kind of person, Mm. but those were my equivalent, right? Did you watch Band in the Bubble? Do you remember that Band in the Bubble? That was great. Jabber just... yeah went off the deep end because he was locked in Federation Square for a month with a regurgitator or something. Yeah, I've heard stories about that. But, um, yeah, it's just like from that moment, I just went, I can't, I can't lie because mm. I can't handle people going out there. And what if he'd said to his friends, oh, yeah, Dan, Dan bought his mum a, a boop ACD and that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> so did, you tell, him, did you tell him, or do you remember your response? I think or? I brushed it off. Yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't break the guy's heart, you know. I mean, this guy, he's built his life around the fact that Dan bought his mum a boop ACD. I can't, I can't 
tear down the castle that he's built in his mind. I mean, 2018 in some regards is the year of the personal brand. Everyone has a personal brand. Oh, 2010 was the year of the personal brand for me. Man. I was living in Darlinghurst, Sydney, 2010. It was like the centre of the media marketing world. But yeah, And now it's like peaked, right? Like my mum has a personal brand now. Like she will say, she'll tell my dad, hey, when you go to the Qantas lounge, make sure you check in. That sort of shit, yeah. right? That's what yeah. Oh, I mean, wine time. <laughs> I mean, what is the... Um, I've earned it. <laughs> What, what's your view on personal brand? How did you navigate it within uh, Radio Land? What did you think about? Like, how did you approach? This is who I am. This is I what I believe. Kind of lucky, right? Um, I had a good string of bosses who were super Dan fans. Um, they were like, "The more you are you, the better the show will be." And they say the same thing to Maz as well. The more you are you the better the show will be. And you understood and who you were? Did you ever question like, is this something I do? Like if you're putting always, to, am yeah. I a grape or a nectarine? <laughs> if, if, I, if I put into <laughs> Good a, in joke about a conversation yeah. we had off air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll never it's know. Podcast, we can do it. Sucked in, listeners, exactly. you idiots. You'll never know how cool our conversations are. Just this lame one that we do for broadcast. Uh, yeah, I hate my fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but you are... <laughs> you are in these situations where it's like you have to go and interview these celebrities or people that you might actually not be that connected with. And I guess it's a, a good moment. But someone when out there is. Yeah. That was always the most interesting part is, yeah, you might hate an artist, but at least one person out there that's their favourite artist. And so what is then the filters? Are you looking at, did you have, this is who, did you ever write on a piece of paper this is who I am. This yeah, is. I do that every goddamn day <laughs> just to just to get through life. And what did that look like? What is it actually? What did I, you uh, learn through that? It's very scary um, when you come from more of a sort of comedy kind of world, and you're sort of staring down the barrel of a company like Nova or Stereo, um, owning your soul in a way. Um, because you are trading on your personality, right? You're basically saying um, me as a human being is worth your time. Um, so if they don't like you, then are you a bad person and all that sort of stuff kind of – and especially when you do grow up more in a sort of Channel V, Triple J, Big Day Out kind of vibe and then it's like how good is a pink concert? And you go, oh, really? Yeah. Um, and, you, you know, you're 21 and that sort of stuff is still super important to you. You can't distance yourself from work and everything's super important. And I remember that whole vibe. I used to have like uh, – I still kind of do have long hair but I used to have like proper like Noel Fielding, Mighty Boosh – Mm. Like long hair, like spiky on the top. It was it was 2006, dear listener. Like <laughs> forgive me of my crimes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know if people were still doing that. Was that a 2006 thing? Bush. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I Mighty Bush was 2006, uh, okay. my friend. Okay. But um, yeah. Like I'm talking like like Tommy Lee from Motley Crue. Like long. I don't know any references, by the way. Fringe. That's a one. Put it in your multimedia. Is it like the Queen? What about I saw uh, the Queen film the other day? I'm imagining it wasn't like Brian May. Okay, you don't know the The Mighty Boosh one. No, I don't watch it. What's that? Yeah, what's the line from there on the boat? 
and he, it's it's wacky comedy. The only thing uh, when I think of Mighty <laughs> Boosh, I think of is Little Britain in any way nah, connected? It's oh, super tangential. Like they're around about the same time making British mm, comedy. I'm pretty happy with that then. <laughs> British comedy, so they're both British comedy. That to me is a win. <laughs> is that a pass mark? <laughs> That's a pass mark. <laughs> Gotta work hard. I actually man. know one Little Britain scene, which is um, just gonna go get a glass of water uh, while you narrate okay. the plot of Little Britain to everyone. Ferrero <laughs> uh, share. Someone must be doing well. So I had this haircut and <laughs> essentially I remember someone said to me, Nova will make you cut your hair. Nova will make you cut your hair. And I remember being like, well, I, that's, I will never cut my hair. <laughs> it's my Samson-like hair. I will never cut my hair. Just stuff like that. Um, did you cut your hair? And did they, you make you, they make you cut your hair? Eventually, <laughs> I ended up with far shorter hair. Yeah, and I look back on those photos, and I'm like, "This is I'm talking the drive yeah. breakfast kind of thing." And I go, "Man, why did I get my hair cut so short?" Mm. But you know, is it I'll, Stockholm syndrome? That do you just sort of all of a sudden start like who getting knows? into by the end of it? You, uh, no, did man. you like pink more at the end than you did at the start? Hard to tell. Well, you'd met her and probably interviewed her a bunch of times. Oh, yeah, bloody hell, she wouldn't stop calling us. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, she was in the country Piss for off, fucking King. four yeah. months. Exactly. Doing concerts. Get off your trapeze, Get mate. out of here. Um, I think, uh, look, it's really easy to be like, oh, you become such a sellout when you do commercial media and that sort of stuff. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, What is every office in the country, at least before Spotify, I don't know what it's like now, but like... Every office, they just turn the radio on and just have that playing in the background and on work sites. And, you know, like, also I turned 30. Like, you big difference between 21 and 30. Yeah. Like, mm. sometimes you just grow up. Yeah. And you've just become a bit more normal because you don't want to, you know, live in a share house your whole life. So, it's very easy to be like, oh, you sell out when you do commercial radio. But also, like... People change. Yeah. Hairstyles change. Mm, definitely. And so how does that attach to the personal brand stuff, do you think? Like how does it, as I think I think I was as I said, I was really lucky to have I hope you're editing this. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> we make one podcast a day, we cannot edit. <laughs> there are only so many hours. Um I was really lucky to have bosses and I'm talking about people like Irene Hume, mm-hmm. Sam Kavanagh, Craig Bruce, um, who are just like, whatever you do is great. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. do what Ever you do, and to Maz, do whatever you do. If anything, be more like you. But that's what I'm trying to uncover, I guess, is uh, to me that feels like a lot of pressure. Someone saying to me, be more like you, I think I would have a bit of a crisis moment where it's like, well, what am I? Like, because it's when you uh, well, were just you yeah. and you're just like day to day, it's like, well, are maybe they talking it's about. actually just saying, compare yourself less. So don't look to, don't try and be who you think we. Well, everyone starts out creatively by copying. Yeah, yeah, like my first, say, 20 radio demos or like Midnight Till Dawns or whatever, I probably sounded like 50% Hamish Blake, 50% Noel Fielding or Russell Brand. Mm. Probably, yeah, I'd say Hamish Blake, Russell Brand. I would listen to both their podcasts every day and just be like, that to me is good broadcasting. It's similar to my vibe. And I, I remember one of my mates who was living overseas and he messaged me one day and he was like, hey, I just randomly dipped into your podcast to see how you're going. He's like, you sound great and you sound like you. Like, and he actually said to me, he's like, I used to sometimes think, oh, that sounds a little Russell Brown or that sounds a little mm. Hamish or whatever. And he'd be like, you sound like you. And I was like, oh, made it. 
Made it. Mm. Externally verified. Yeah. Made it. <laughs> is that just like the constant doing it? Like I listen to our older episodes and I think that there's definitely a comfortability or whatever the fucking yeah, word is. Star rating. What, what star rating would have you given those old ones? <laughs> yeah, three stars. Okay, good. Um, oh. the <laughs> <laughs> but um, I said um again. Uh, uh. Yeah, so I I do I do wonder about the because you're you're changing like you over a course of a career you change a bunch of times. Yeah, that and that pressure of I'm not doing those old the, blackface yeah. sketches anymore. Exactly. And so. Is it much of an internal – like what was the struggle with especially being in a duo and understanding – like Tommy and I, I feel like we're having these conversations all the time where we had one uh, end of last week where it was like we'd been doing all this work on what videos we wanted to make and we realised what we were trying to do is be more like each other. I was trying to get him up to speed with the stuff that I'm strong on and he was trying to get me up to speed what he's yeah, strong on. I mean that's really important though. Yeah. That's but, called learning. But, like that's like, like yeah. I, I reckon – I mean I, I remember when I um, started working uh, in TV, when would that have been? Mid – Last year? God, it feels longer ago than that. But anyway, um, when I first started doing stuff for Channel 10 and I just sent Maz a message and I was just like, oh, my God, you taught me so much because, Mm. yeah, when I must have started out with Maz in 2010, I was so green and I was probably pretty arrogant too. I mean, because, you know, Maz had been travelling the world with MTV and it kind of, you know... um, Felt that was wrapping up and becoming a bit less, yeah, how MTV became a little bit less about music and a bit more about jackass. Mm-hmm. So she was a bit like, oh, I kind of want to get out of there. And and she was like, cool, I'll get back to radio. But of course, you, you can't just start at the top. And she got teamed up with me and Matt, who are just these two 21-year-olds from Perth. No, a bit older than that, but still like young. And I reckon in hindsight she would have put up with so much mm-hmm. of just me being like, nope, that's not how comedy works or whatever, right? Uh, you know, I was never rude to her, but I probably would have been a bit like, I, I, I've been doing improv and comedy for a decade, well, not a decade, but, you know, seven years. And I just, I think she really would have had to do a lot of, I'll just let these two guys mm. just sort, work themselves out. And she would help like, Here's how te- here's how the industry works and all this sort of stuff, but I feel like after however long we were on air together for eight years or whatever, she was so blisteringly funny, so unbelievably funny, um, and I think we both sort of met in the middle. Mm-hmm. Because by the end of that 10 years, yeah, like I knew how commercial media worked. I knew how to talk to clients. I knew like how to handle like today this is your producer. Today this is your producer. All the, I just took it all in my stride because like, that's just how the business works. Whereas if that had happened 10 years ago, I would have been like, mm. why isn't my dream 100% perfect? So we kind of – you learn from each other and you yeah. get those best things from each other. And yeah, I mean if she'd been paired up with um, – you know, like a proper presenter, you know, like a shiny floor, we'll see you after the ads kind of person. <laughs> um, I don't think she would have 
I'm not going to say I taught Maz how to be funny because she's bloody hilarious since day dot. You learn but so she, much. Yeah, from like each we just other. rubbed off on each other, and she yeah. pursued that more. Yeah, that's mm. yeah. Well, I think the realization from these uh, uh, Josh and I are thinking maybe we sort of be the same or sort of find this. So we come from my background, Josh's background, meet in the middle with both of ours, and then do this thing together. The realization was that it makes you double down on both of your own strengths. And then it's like I kind of know my style and what I do and then you sort of defining that for you. Mm. I think it's just like a it's the journey of a duo. Well, there's this thing of like let's say, you know, like SWOT analysis where it's like strengths and weaknesses. That If you look at your strengths and your weaknesses, right, uh, your strengths in the next 10 years are going to go ballistic. Mm. So my strengths when I was, you know, in my early 20s, were like your hair, you know, my hair. <laughs> now we look at it now, right? It's <laughs> finally strong. found, yeah, it's still <laughs> strong, real strong. Um, it was the bush days. Things like um, improvisation or um, you know, quick thinking or whatever. That was kind of what I was really good at. What was I not so good at? I don't know. Let's say. Um, is it then structure? Do you find that if someone who's good at improvisation, do you then have insecurities about being able to? do the reads or have it make sure that you know because improvisation is all about structure yeah you just don't want it to look that way Mm, that's like my hair it looks messy but i've messed it up just the perfect way um but yeah so like your strengths are gonna go ballistic but the things let's say you're at about 80 percent you're at about 80 percent skill level in 10 years you'll be at like 190 percent more than double right because you've just practiced it so much, you're so much better than the vast majority of people. Your weaknesses, like let's say, uh, let's say organization or mm. something like that. If I'm at like thirty percent organization, like oh, I'm forgetting to reply to emails and stuff. You'll get to sixty percent in ten years. Yeah. So look at that disparity, yeah, yeah. right? It was like eighty thirty. Now it's like two hundred and sixty. But the thing is, you're better than half the population now yeah. at the stuff you aren't even you aren't even good at. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. right. So that's the kind of thing. Is like, yeah, sure, you'll never be like. Let's say, to really simplify it, one of you is funny, one of you is business. Sure, the business guy will never be as funny as the uh, funny guy and the business guy will never be – the funny guy will never be as business as the business guy, mm. right? But if you keep rubbing off on each other and you keep like low-key polishing your weaknesses, you'll be better than most people at the things you're bad at mm. just because that's how it works. Did you find – I find that um, – being in a partnership can sometimes uncover the insecurities in me in that the my partner being really good at one thing or being able to do one and me feeling like, well, I should be able to That's do it more. as well. And because you see someone be so good at something you, and you're not, you're like, well, there's, there's, there's my problem. That'll be my undoing. Yeah. That's yeah. what will get me in the end. Yeah. I can't coast by on my skills forever because my weakness will drag me down. Yeah. So that whole thing of like, it's like a bias towards the negative. Mm. You can get a thousand comments saying this is such a funny video and the one going, here's why this is bad. Yeah, mm. you focus on it. That's the one comment you read and you remember for the rest of your life. Yeah. And that sucks. But I, I mean, at the end of the day, you could flip it and mm. say, isn't it great that I managed to find someone to work with mm. who fills that gap? So yeah, you kind so. of fit together like the two L-shaped Tetris pieces. Mm. Yeah, do you th- do you find do you naturally lean towards positive over negative? Or well, I try to, uh-huh. especially as I grow older. Yeah, 
probably when I was, you know, in my early 20s, I was a lot like, I suffer for my art. <laughs> Whereas now I kind of go, it's pretty good. Yeah, Things mm. are pretty good. Like that. Like, yeah, things aren't perfect. And yeah, I can see where things will improve. But it's not bad. Yeah. Like, you know, I get to have a podcast and I own a Lego pirate ship. You know, it's <laughs> pretty you, cool. Do you compare yourself to other people? Um, again, I probably try not to because mm. I think if so, it's inevitable. You've got to ha- well, you've got to have a a sense of where you are. Mm. Like, I don't know if I compare myself so much to other people, but I compare myself to um, what I like, my potential, like what I wish I was doing or where I wish I was. Or um, you play that game of like, if everything from now on for the next five years goes absolutely perfect, where could I be? Mm. If every opportunity goes up exponentially. You know, if I, oh, I might put a podcast out and it becomes the best podcast in Australia or I might have a meeting with that person and they give you a job. Like if all the, if everything goes 100% perfect, what could I be capable of? Mm. So I sort of, that's kind of what I compare myself and then sometimes you'll see someone else already doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll go, you kind of have that. So again, positivity, negativity. Half of me will go, damn it, they stole my dream. Yeah. (laughs) And the other half will go, my dream was on the right track. Yeah. Like I had a weird thought that maybe someone like me could do something like that and they that person proves that I'm not uh, delusional. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Extreme ownership of your situation. If you're looking to somewhere else and they're somewhere where you think you want to be but then you look at your own life and go, this is where... I've got myself to. Mm. And so if the only way forward, what's it like thinking Well, you about- have everything you need to get to where you're going to go, Yeah, right? So I always think I, like one thing I always say to my girlfriend is I'm like one day we're both going to be in our 60s just sitting on a porch and I'm going to turn to you and I'm going to say, told you so, <laughs> told you. <laughs> and she'll go, yeah, all right. And I'll go, yeah, I said it. I said one day it would all work <laughs> out and we'd be fine and look. How good is this? <laughs> and that's like, I don't know what the journey is going to be like in yeah. between there, but I can't wait. I, I think I might just set a date for it, like set a reminder. Yeah. Just <laughs> like, say, Sonia, told you so. And just look at her and just be like, told you so. And she goes, gah! <laughs> like, yeah, it is pretty good. Like, that's what I reckon. Well, the as if mindset of living now as if it's going to work out really, really well. And yeah, so was, the decisions you make, the the choices you make. Yeah, so I play um, futsal, like indoor soccer. Yeah. And Whereabouts? Uh, <laughs> what, are you stalking me now? No, my uncle owns uh, indoor at futsal centre. Yeah, well, he's got the one at Albert Park, Albert Park. Brunswick, South Yarra. So you might play at one of his... Uh, no, I play, it's in school gyms. Ah. But uh, in school gyms, is that what you just said? Over there and over there. Oh, so yeah, yeah, Carlton yeah. North and Fitzroy. Yeah. But um, I... I remember I was watching game because I just like to watch games after I play just because I like to watch games. And um, I remember the goalie from one of the really good teams said something and he was like to one of his players, he was like, just assume I'm going to make the save. Love it. Because so motivation like, from the futsal corner. Yeah, yeah, right. So as in because the ball had come down. It was and Tony Robbins yeah. playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> playing at like Carlton Primary School. Save. Yeah. Um, but 
He's a big guy. He'd, get, he'd be able um, to cover the whole man. and fearless. <laughs> yeah, that's the number one thing in a yeah. goalie: fearless and yeah. big hands. I'm yeah. too. Big hands. Yeah. yeah, huge. He hands. actually puts coals down, so he's on coals. All <laughs> yeah, <you can> yeah. <laughs> Try scoring now. <laughs> um, so uh, the obviously the the defender had come back to stand in the goal because the goalie had gone out to to make the save, and then the goalie then had no one to throw to. Mm. Because the defender was now further behind the play and then had to mm. run it. And I was like, mate, I'm going to make the save. Just mm. get out there and wait for the goal opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I've always, well, not always, because it only happened a few weeks ago. Mm. But um, I've just been toying with in my head is the idea of just assume I'm going to make the save. Mm. Yeah. Good. Like, why plan? Do you, you guys on the show, it's always sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah, I've seen a couple of episodes, yes. Yeah, cool. So um, Charlie, the, the guy, his name's Charlie in real life as well. He, I saw him say this thing where he's like, I've never wanted to have a plan B because it'll muddy up my plan A. Mm. And it is that thing of like, look, I, 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 I've, I'm, I'm 33. Like I, I've done all right and I've got a worst case scenario in my head, right? Um, like, and I'm talking like it's even better than moving in with mum. Like it's yeah. not even that bad. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> so it's like. Like, why not? Why yeah. not just go out there and, and make that save? Like, why not just <laughs> give it a go? Make a really smart risk. Mm. I remember when someone said to me, they were like, I was at law school and I was doing these demos for radio and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to bloody do radio. I think I'm going to, like, I've still got two years left of law, but I can do radio at night and I can do law during the day. I think I can do it. And someone was like, it's a risky, is it? It's risky, isn't it? It's risky. <laughs> and I was like, I'll be honest. I think looking at my life right now, yeah. I think sticking with law is a bigger risk. Yeah. Like I look at how my brain works. I at the same, like I was literally, this is quite funny actually, but I was literally being investigated at uni for academic collusion because right. one of my essays was really similar to my mate's essay. Um and uh, just so you know, I didn't get found guilty. It, it was just amazing. a coincidence. That doesn't mean that academic he collusion. wasn't actually guilty. He just didn't get found guilty. <laughs> well <laughs> said. And can you just tell that I was a law student? Could yeah, you yeah. see how I phrased that? Like, I feel like he didn't even do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all connected uh, with the... Thank you, Your Honour. Yeah. Um, was this connected but, to the Mueller investigation? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Not found guilty. <laughs> Dan DeBoof, never found guilty. Um, but... Uh, at the exact same time, I was literally sitting in this like top story, like a boardroom in front of like five academics from the University of Melbourne sort of staring at me across the table being like justify why there are these similarities in these papers. Like the same day I got a phone call from Nova saying we'd love to have you as the late night radio host on Thursdays from midnight till 2am. And I was just like, you know, you chase the heat, yeah. don't you? Mm. And it was so obvious that there was just this um, <laughs> message from the universe. I sound like Maz now, mm. but this is another way he's rubbed off on me. Um, just this message from the universe going, Dan, you're so much better suited to like sitting in a chair and saying what pops into your head than you are to sitting in an office mm. like basically looking at documents all day. Mm. Like it and So yeah. what popped into your head and what did you say to them? Fuck you, I'm out. No, I stuck <laughs> with it. I finished the degree. Oh did you? Yeah. So you How got did a full you? law degree. 
full law degree. Fucking yeah. full on. Fuck, that's more. That's more than a high school. So degree. I love how he. Yeah, he I got def- a law degree and then I got a, a English cultural studies degree. Yeah, and so let's you show me a poem and I can analyze the shit out of that shit. poem. Yeah. Actually, I've got a a, po- a poem um, that, you, that he's written. No, that I D been, is for delightful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've in my in Chrome. I don't know if I've gotten rid of it, but there's I had for I think I may have, but for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah, I literally I did. There was a um, sending you poems. No, I had written down a name of a, a poem that I I wanted to read. Anyway, that's a shit story. So how important was it for it's you? It's called Santa's Coming <laughs> for Christmas. No. If you want a good book on poetry... Yeah, can you please recommend one? Uh, it's called um, something oh. like How to Read Poems <laughs> and Fall fall in Love with Poetry. Something like that. Okay. Um, I was going to write How to Fall in Love. Edward Hirsch is by it's, who it's by. In in just, just right. Yeah, okay, Edward great. Hirsch. So how important was it to... Because so, at that point, I think I could speak for Josh and myself. We would have gone, fuck you all. I'm yeah. out of here. I'm not finishing this degree, again, you petty p- pricks. But I'm not that kind of person, yeah. am I? Like I said before, I'm not like a big opinions person. So what I'm, did you say? Do you remember when they're like... Please, please, please don't expel me. Please, yeah. please, 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 really? please. The only reason our essays are similar is because we both went to law at UWA and we're doing one year in Melbourne. So we're relying on the same case law. Like It was just hell suspicious because, yeah, we literally cited... the. I don't know how much you know about law school essays. I know a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they're boring. Yeah, yeah. Um, mine weren't. Mine were exceptional. But um, the you basically everything you say, you've got to then do a footnote saying what case or legislation yeah. backs it up. Or which scene of the Mighty Boosh it's from. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> soup, soup, super tasty soup. Uh, so we cannot accept this. Um, so... <laughs> Me and Matt, who were housemates and also doing radio together, um, had handed in these papers that we'd written separately. And of the whole, because we were from Perth, we'd done four years at Perth and now we're doing one year at Melbourne Law School. And um, out of the whole cohort who'd all submitted these papers, our two were like, completely different to what everyone else had written because they had all these WA cases. Yeah. Because that's what we'd been mm. taught. Mm. Even the way that we um, structured it was like A, different to everyone else and B, completely the same. Mm. WA is a little bit like Texas, isn't it? Like people who are from WA. I wouldn't know. It's all I've known. But you, so you have – but there's like there's that phrase. It's like WA celebrities. Like there's Personalities. Sort of, yeah, yeah personalities. I've just I've just written a musical all about – WA and personalities. And, yeah. Where is it? Go- where, where are you Perth going? Fringe. Push- oh, awesome. That's what I've been working on this year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was like, this is why I know it looks similar, but I cannot stress you enough. We wrote them like independently, but obviously they're going to be the mm. same yeah. like that. So um, they were like, did you ever have a conversation with this person? I'm like, oh, I live with him and do a radio show <laughs> with him. No, your honor. But yeah. um, <laughs> um, it was just like, yeah, this massive moment where I was just like, well, yeah, at the time I was like, I know exactly what I want to do, but I'm not going to be like, fuck you, I don't want a degree. I was just like, I think I can have both. Mm. And I did. That's cool. So, yeah. What's the uh, – Tim Ferriss has this question that he asks and he always adds a bunch of uh, context to it like he normally does, but I'll just ask it straight. What's one thing that you believed – uh, a year ago to be true that you don't believe to be true today. Ah, that's a that's a that's a good bamboozler. Um, what, a year ago, 
it was quite convenient doing this in December because mm-hmm. like it's really easy yeah. to think. January. Um, I've got one. Well, it's not for about you. Oh, I've got one for Dan. Well, like, can we what, you him? know what I believed in January? Yeah, but well, don't tell him. Okay. Just... Now, nah, go on. No, no, no it's, from, it's from when we caught no, up. No, don't give him a thought starter. It's from when we caught no. up. I and can't you, even you said you had that conversation with your girlfriend about the musical. And there was that time, ages ago, I think it was around what you've written, what you've now done. Yeah, actually. Well, if you just fucking take what Tommy said. <laughs> that was actually somewhere in my mind because I was thinking, uh, uh, permit me, permit me. It's a this hard is, question to stump someone with. That's this why is Tim like, This is literally or, like the, uh, I feel like I'm on the board of University of Melbourne or whatever. I feel like I'm watching mum and dad. Uh, yeah. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you guys. There was no, sorry, there was no collusion here. Was a, I came up with my own independent uh, thought. Uh, I was acting, you can't tell what was in my mind. No, there was definitely, <laughs> isn't this convenient? That's exactly what I was thinking. One Go thing on. that I have really learned this year is that. Um, <laughs> the confidence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can, you can bullshit your way through <laughs> anything. Um, but it is like, it's very easy to think of why things won't work, right? Mm. And I do that a lot. That's a very law school thing. Because if you imagine like you go see a lawyer, what do mm. you want to hear from them? Oh, you'll be fine. Or, mm. okay, here's all the problems, so let's address them. Mm. Yeah. That's why lawyers always want you to here's talk. Here's where they're going to catch yeah. you. Yeah. Correct. Mr. Yeah. Trump. So right? it's like the critical, the critical thinking sort of well, I, worst case scenario, like what could go wrong? Well, I spent a long time not putting out a podcast, mm-hmm. right? I had the idea for my podcast in September last year and I didn't release it until August this year. And that was because I was thinking of every reason why I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Every reason. And again, like what we said before or I said before about um, straight white dudes hosting podcasts, like that was literally one of my thoughts. I genuinely went, well, why do we need another podcast with a straight white dude hosting it? And I was like, oh, well, if that's the case, then I should just never do anything ever again, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And also to make myself rest easy, I promised myself that the first 10 guests wouldn't be straight white dudes. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was the same same with the musical um, because – I, it was, it was my girlfriend's idea and she's the producer and she has always been obsessed with this guy, Tony Galati, this personality guy who it's about, right? And is he like on the news? Is he an anchor? What does he do? What's his? Mate, he's a potato farmer (laughs) slash grocery entrepreneur. Fuck yeah. He's absolutely phenomenal and he took on the corporate fat cats and he won. It's like the castle meets the wog boy meets Hamilton. (laughs) Is Frank Walker from National Tiles, is he a national hero or just in in Victoria? Because I remember when I moved over here to do radio and everyone was like, hello, National Tiles. I'm I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Mate, come on. (laughs) Talk to me about Tony Galati, please. Um, Tony Galati. But yeah, and I remember I came up with a thousand reasons why it wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. A thousand reasons from, oh, we don't have enough time to I've never, I can't sing or do music, uh, even through to like no one's going to want to work with a uh, boyfriend-girlfriend creative partnership because they'll be too nervous to sign on. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we all know how the story ends. I'm putting a, a show on at Fringe yeah. next year. I've written my first ever musical, right? From Go to War, I wrote the whole thing. And it's just like there's thousands of reasons why you could go, oh, Here's, here's why this might not yeah. work When out. is a reason good enough? I think you know. I always have this thing that I always tell myself that is um, if you're going to do it, then you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. So like I can – there are 
definitely things, uh, my poor tax return is one of them, where I haven't done it. Yeah. And it's, I don't beat myself up about it. Like the podcast, like as I said, it took me a year, but I did it. But for a while there, I didn't. And I think it's because it just wasn't the moment. It just wasn't right. Sometimes you need to shove. Mm. Um, well, we were talking about yeah. that. About uh, uh, So I've done a, f- a few videos. There was one that did well this year for me and I had the idea a year ago and I sat on it and I feel like in hindsight the waiting and the sort of umming and ahhing and do I have enough was actually what got it to where it was and then it was – you know, yeah. went a bit viral and it was on the project. And I was like... See a coffee quest or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah the coffee yeah. one. It was so good. It was, that was really good. So I was like, if I actually held... If I did it ages ago, would have it had the success that it actually did? And so you start fucking building yeah. this story around and no one knows the answer because we didn't have a mm-hmm. crystal ball. And But your point was... What was your point? Because we, we were discussing about... Uh, when you actually listen to that yeah. well, in a voice. Well, I was just... I was thinking... When Tommy was saying I needed to sit on it, yeah, I was saying like it's just a, that's a con- convenient story for the time that you did. Like you literally, I, don't know, I call it marinating. <laughs> I like I call it marinating. So it's like you, you kind of you know what you've got, yeah, and then you kind of go, cool. I'm going to work on three other things while that just stews away. And I think as long as you've always got something marinating too, like mm. I've got about maybe three to five ideas right now that are super loose like some of them are a sentence some of them are a text document um and i'd say let's say there's five of them four of them will never see the light of day and one of them perhaps Mm. i don't know which but they're all just sort of floating loosely around Mm. for when i have free time like post musical or whatever right um but yeah there's nothing wrong in just letting that all just funk around in your head and maybe Mm. one day yeah you'll just go oh oh yeah or you'll say it to someone else, right? Mm. Like you'll catch up with someone else and you'll say it and they'll go, oh, here's how you could do that. And you go, oh, really? Mm. Yeah. yeah. The timing thing can align. Like the Daily Talk Show was a bunch of like me thinking about podcasting for like 12 years and doing bits and pieces and it didn't feel like this felt like the first proper Mm. attempt at giving it a go. But what what I do know is that it, it doesn't have to feel good Mm. So that O-Bike video I did that was last year that went well, I did not want to make that on the day I made it. Mm. I felt a bit oh, shit. I love that. I love that so much when you hate something. Yeah. yeah. I felt a bit shit. I was like, yuck, I, I'm tired. You know, I like, be usually I tell myself about that is that that's how everyone feels when they're doing their job every single day. You're not <laughs> special. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you have bad days at the office. Just yeah. do it. I know. That's the thing. But then when it's a creative that totally relies on initiative, there's no one telling you go and do yeah. it. Oh, when, oh, that's 100% true. That's why I do the podcast every Wednesday it comes yeah. out because otherwise I'd just be like, bye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think and there's the paradox too in uh, you are not special at all and you are really special. Like the thing that I've been thinking about lately is a hundred reasons why I shouldn't do something. And it's always pointing to all these examples of people saying, oh, look, this person did this. You know, like there's all these advice, all advice around you've got a niche, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. If you're not doing these things, then it's not going to work. But then I've also been thinking about like, what if you are the exception? Mm. Like if you want to create something that's awesome and you believe in it, like, so that's what I'm trying to filter through now, which is that um, 
which is almost the opposite of the you're not special, you can't do it. Yeah. It's like I am actually in the position to do this. I think I can do it mm. and the only thing that's going to stop me doing it is the bullshit story that I tell myself that I can't do it. And so if I think about it like I am the exception and I'll make it work. But also like if you get away from that whole like, you know, Steve Jobs, mm. what kind of dent do you want to put into the universe, all yeah. that sort of stuff. And, I mean, I just find it so reassuring to just go like, damn, what's your goal? And I'm like, to get to the age of 65 and go, that was awesome. Mm. And then relax from then on. That's my goal. I don't care about Do you think that's a bit of a else. destination focus? Like I, do you think no, because I, I don't know what I'm going to do and yeah. where I'm going to be. But you what, can imagine retiring because I could never imagine retiring. Oh, I'm just so keen to retire. Really? I'm desperate to retire. <laughs> I feel like that's a, not a very I finished common... up radio at the end of 2016 yeah. and it's now, I've had two years of just like freelance work uh-huh. and I tell you what, man, like mm. if someone said to me, I've like here's 10 million bucks mm-hmm. and make it last. Just, yeah. I would <laughs> be like, cool. I'll buy a nice house. Yeah. I'll invest the rest. And I'm just going to sit and read and hang out with my friends mm. and eat so cured meats and just in, just relax. Yeah. Mm. I know. Right. So you love the relaxing thing. Cause there is the, I think especially American culture, it's like the, you know, working really hard and the yeah, Protestant work ethic. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's also changed in regards to like, it feels like people used to really promote uh, like the luxury lifestyle or like relaxing lifestyle now. But if you look at on Instagram, so many people are posted, you know, people who are super well off, they want to post about how they're working really hard. Mm-hmm. And like that has become. Uh, almost a higher status than just having yeah, a Yeah, I know. And cash. that's why I kind of like this idea of like, I think a lot of that, but you're right, a lot of people work hard just because that's what they think they should do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I still want to create stuff. Mm-hmm. I still want to, you know, experience that sort of creative frenzy that, you know, when you have an idea in a brainstorm and suddenly everyone just leaps on it. It's like, oh my God, and this and that. And you're like, oh my God, the pathways become clear. And, you know, like that feeling and, and all that sort of stuff. And even like what we're doing today, like this is work. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it, which is And good. also it's just us sitting around shooting the shit. We could do it for a few more hours if yeah. I didn't have to get a haircut in, yeah, exactly. in 45 minutes. Don't cut it. But, don't cut it off, please. <laughs> um, but like. You just, what do you ask for when you get a haircut, by the way? I got a guy. So okay. he knows. You just say, yeah. I want to Dan. Like yeah. Josh said, like you I with just your have coffee. A me? Yeah, I'll just yeah. have a me. Why did I sound awkward when I said that? Because you were asking for a coffee called a me. <laughs> okay, sure. Because I didn't, I didn't feel well, comfortable. Least, I call it a Tommy. In the, in the moment, I didn't feel That's like why I did it. I, my voice I just cracked get as a I long said black. It. A long I, black. I just go, just fill <laughs> a cup with hot brown coffee and I'll drink it. I just. <laughs> but, um,. Yeah, so it is that idea of like, is your aim, mm-hmm. like you talk about, you know, am I special or yeah. is no one special or mm-hmm. all these sorts of things. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, man, all, all, all you should want to do is get through mm. and have a good time doing it. Yeah, I like that. That's mm. all I think. All I want to do is get to the end mm-hmm. and go, awesome. Mm. Because... If you worry too much about like, oh, but am I doing this right? Am I doing that right? Have I done that? Have I lived up to this? Did this? You're like, what? You're talking about like um, uh, the ideas that you have and you haven't done. Like, I've never done a stand-up set mm-hmm. ever in my whole life. And I agonized through my whole 20s from the age of 20 to the age of 30. 
every, I'd say at least once a week, mm. I would go, why have I not done stand-up? Why am I so scared of the judgment? Why am I so nervous? Mm. You know, I could do improv. I could host a radio show. I could be on camera. I could do everything. But something about stand-up just yeah. it made my skin crawl. Just that vulnerability, the, the, hi, these are the jokes that I've written. I really, really, really want you to like them. <laughs> and so like, what was the conclusion, the 10 well, years? Well, I don't know. I just got to the age now of 33 and I go... Oh well. Is it just age? Guess or I'm never going to do stand up. Yeah. Is, I don't care. What is that realization though? Is that in like? Well, it's not for me. It doesn't. It doesn't fire my pleasure but centers. How do you get that? Like, is it going to therapy? Is it actually doing? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go yeah. to therapy yeah, about stand up. No, but that's what I wonder. Is it because like you've had the like? So it's through doing or not doing, or you getting to a moment where it's like I could either feel these feelings or I can just like be fine with it. Well, regrets a bitch, and. W- I think it's probably just a mind sh- mindset anything? shift. No, no, I don't. Well, do, you, do you regret? I regret Tommy saying bitch. <laughs> no, no, Joe. Well, there's been far worse <laughs> words said in this podcast. It's very true. But I um, think so you get – so the, sh- the shift of going I'm okay with not doing that, were you looking outside and thinking I, everyone else But even like I got my it? dream job. Like when I was a kid, as I said in Melbourne, I'd listen to Hamish and Andy every day with a notebook open, writing notes, trying to teach myself how to do a, a drive show. What did those notes look like, by the way? What would you write? Just like um, driving you home. Nah, <laughs> more like home. two sentences on um, like recapping the news story, uh-huh. then a joke, and the jokes take the following formats. Um, and then like uh, then you ask for callers. Oh, so just you like broke structure. down the format, yeah, of- and just like you can work out how to make jokes pretty easily. Like it's just stuff like um, uh, like my favorite one. This is such like this is such low hanging comedy fruit. Perfect. You're a but grape, do it. This is like the lowest hanging comedy fruit you could ever get. I feel bad even no, saying this is it, great. but it do just it. it makes such good radio. Is this any is story about an animal? Any story about an animal? Yeah. Be the animal. And then it's funny. So if there's a story about a, a uh, let's say that giant cow, mm-hmm. right? You go, oh, Maz, do you see this? Um, Nickers, the giant cow, giant cow. It's twice the size of every cow in the herd. Oh, hello there. Oh, I'm so tall. And everyone just like, that's hilarious. Okay. That's genuinely hilarious. The amount of times I've done a segment about a funny animal and acted it out and it's, it's made the promo and it's made the best of the end of the year and people come up to me and go, oh, my God, when you were that spider. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it would be like the equivalent. So Just learning stuff like that. Yeah. Well, no, actually there was a – I saw a mouse trap the other day and I was thinking to myself, I wonder if – that mouse is like, oh no, not the mouse trap! <laughs> Boom! How much better did that story just get? How much did you just yeah, laugh then? Tommy yeah. laughed. Yeah. You fell for it. Was it yeah. good? <laughs> but you, you drank. <laughs> I am a basic bitch. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you drank the Kool Aid. So do you feel like there hasn't been? But I got, I got to that job, right? Yeah. So I got to sit in literally yeah. the exact same chair mm-hmm. with the same producer for the yeah. same company doing the same yeah, time slot, right? It was phenomenal. I did it for nine months. Yeah. Is it sort of phenomenal? Well, like eight, ten months. But is it underwhelming in some regards? Like you hear people who no, reach the, the opposite top. of underwhelming. So no. it's, you felt that it, it exceeded all expectations. I was on, I was on cloud nine uh-huh. for a year. Mm. And so when so that it was, it, it aligned. So that destination that you had in your mind aligned with when the reality of the destination was the reality yeah. in your mind. So it actually was great. Cause yeah. Because I've set goals and got there and I'm like, this is fucking shit. I'm a different person now. I well, I mean, I can, I can, I'll probably never do that again. That's the thing yeah. for me is like I did my dream job for a year. 
Like yeah. I, I, my wildest dream, my wildest dream. If, if you'd asked me, Dan, think up the craziest possible dream you could about what you could one day do for a job. Like I remember when I used to work at Coles when I was a teenager and the walk from my house to Coles went past the 92.9, it's now hit in Perth mm-hmm. studios. Mm. And I would walk past and think, God, wonder what that, I wonder what's going on in there. Yeah. Or maybe if I look cool as I walk past, they'll be like, get that guy on the radio. You know, like it works. Crazy (laughs) dreams, crazy dreams. I got to do it. Do you think that the um, people who have a similar dream, like what's the equivalent dream nowadays for people, do you think? Like, do you think that there has been a shift in how radio is perceived or do you think it is? I don't know. I mean, it's still bloody great, isn't it? I mean, you know, we're enjoying sitting here. Imagine if we were getting paid a million bucks to do it. Not that I was, I should say, but I'm sure some people are. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I would never sign a million dollar contract. Are you insane? (laughs) I'm sorry. There seems to be a zero missing (laughs) off this contract. It's, It's funny. I mean, hearing what I've found underwhelming is meeting people who have had a lot of success and it's nothing how their, – their sort of track to that success was nothing how I thought it was going to be of setting yeah. goals, fucking achieving, yep. knowing what – you know. It's luck. It's like you literally had this dream that I'm sure so many people have had, be a Hamish, and you made it and you made it happen. But you, it wasn't some tactic – like the way you sort of break it down wasn't like this real – No, know, it's just saying yes and work. It's, there's this idea of like magic things happen when hard work meets opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And you can't control opportunity. Like, yeah, you know, you can hustle a bit or be in the right place at the right time. Like I was with working with my mate Matt and we both knew that Nova was desperate for a Hamish Nandy. It was so pretty w- obvious, right? Like Austeria had Hamish Nandy, Nova didn't. They needed a cool male duo. We thought, let's pitch ourselves. Um, but, yeah, like when hard work meets opportunity, when when opportunity comes knocking and someone says, oh, okay, cool, I will give you that radio show, knowing that, man, you know what? I might be 21, but I've done years of um, improv and um, putting on show comedy shows and all this sort of stuff that I reckon... Like I remember my boss at the time, Todd Campbell, was like, oh, yeah, give us a demo. I'll rate it from shit to really shit and we'll go from there. And I said, what's the rating? And he went, five stars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> he just showed his hand about how he... I'm so glad I don't have sex with I, you. I, I, I panicked. <laughs> I panicked. I'm sorry. That was a panic. It was come. a stroke, so mate. Sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it didn't it's feel fun. good for me either. Just to be clear, <laughs> <laughs> that's a typical orgasm as well. It was shameful. I could feel just Jesus standing in the corner with his arms crossed, just shaking his head. So much shame. So with and so he got rated it. Yeah, he say, and he, he said, "You know what? It's pretty good." And all I could think was, "We like, well, I should no- bloody hope so." Yeah. Like, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, you just keep doing hard work and. Hoping for opportunity, mm. um, and eventually you get yeah you're on that porch mm. at the age of sixty five, <laughs> and you go all right let's let's uh, let's cash in that check now. <laughs> so if the dream was big back then, for, for is there any sort of reverse engineering it? What do you go, mean? The kid that walked past the radio station that actually was on the drive show replacing Hamish and Andy years later to to now. 
going, what, what's that for you now? As like, in what would I tell that kid? Are you, are you, no, know. for you – so for you looking forward now? Because oh, looking you, you forward got to that now. Dream, but the next dream, are you trying to reverse engineer it? I I just have – one of my friends uh, – Has your house got a porch? You're going to oh, need a porch. It's got a shitty balcony. Okay. I've got a shitty balcony. Because you could almost do a minimum viable balcony now. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Cast it now. Yeah. Um, I – one of my friends said to me, and she she said it a, a a year or two ago when I was um, sort of just finishing up in radio. But she said it to me again the other day, and it is um, the weird part is now is the job that next job doesn't exist yet. Mm. Like uh, you know, um, the the world is changing so much now that I just don't think there's any point in looking at a specific thing and going, "That's what I want to do." Because mm. in the time it'll take you to get there, that won't be what you want to do anymore. Yeah. So, what do you focus on? Skills? Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. That's Fun something. Times. Yeah, and also, um, I focus on variety now because I spent ten years just working on radio and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And I got to the end of radio, and like, literally, they were like, "Oh, cool. Well, we'll replace you with a bachelorette," and I'm like. You know, Sam Frost, great chick, good on her. Like, she's kicked so many goals. Um, but, like, you can get that job without the 10 years experience. Yeah. So, I feel like I spent 10 years building up all this experience in something that was like, you, you don't need that much yeah, experience yeah. to do it. I was like, oh, God damn it. I should have spent that, like, learning how to code. Yeah. Well, so yeah. that's how good I'd be. Yeah. So, that is and part rich. of it, though. That is the... And so, that, that, like... Uh, you know, nine months or whatever it was where you were on air was the the time when you decide, when you worked out or, you know, found out that you didn't have a job. Did you – what was that actual reaction in your head? Was it I should have been doing the coding? Like no, what was no, the no, actual no. thought process? I, yeah, again, we were talking about regrets before. There's very little that I regret. It would be mm. hot. It would be a real sad person. If you got to do your dream job mm-hmm. and then were pissed off about it, yeah. And also, I mean, look. So how do you I, reconcile? I signed a two-year though? contract. Like I'm a law, I'm a law student by nature. I signed a two-year contract. So they didn't st- owe me anything more than that. They can tell me, oh, it's for ten years, but they don't owe me. Yet. Yeah. So I, I'm fine with it, right? But um, so what does that actually look like then? So you were as soon as you found out you were no longer on air, were you cool with it then? Yeah, I was fine. Yeah. I mean, it sucks uh-huh. because, you know, you want it to be for 10 years. Mm-hmm. That's the dream. You know, you see Hamish and Andy and you uh-huh. see Kyle Sanderlands and you go, that's what I want. Um, but they're the exception to the rule. Yeah. Right? That's also worth remembering. Yeah. They are the exception to the rule. And that um, is the whole – I guess that's to my point around the exception. Like if you want to do something massive, if you want to get somewhere really big – the well, you've got to be in the mix. The, the path uh, yeah. to do it is going to be probably different to any path before. Mm. Because otherwise you're going to like if I think about university, I think about like film school and all that sort of thing, the amount of people who go through that process and then out the other end looking for jobs. Yeah, but then, you know, go watch a bad movie and stay for the whole credits. Yeah. All those people got work. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, I think that's the thing. It's like the that goal isn't necessarily being the, the Hollywood director. There's only going to be a small portion yeah. that actually can be the director. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are going to be the gaffers and the grips yeah. and, being, and doing still, all that sort of stuff. And they'll still get to the mythical porch. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know <laughs> so, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So and they might about, have a really great time. Yeah. So what about the kid who's growing up now listening to radio and thinking, I want to be 
Like th- they've got that. Oh, that that position. kind of breaks my heart a bit. Hey, mm. like that, just that idea of yeah, someone right now listening to the radio going, oh god, I want to be yeah. Let's say who's on the radio at the moment? Um, Fifi Box. I don't know who's. I don't really listen to much radio um, anymore. Who's on the drive time? Uh, Marty Sheargold. They want to be oh, Marty yeah? Sheargold. Yeah, let's say they want to be Marty Sheargold, right? I would say why? <laughs> Just not, specifically not because, for Marty? Or no, for no, no, no. Not because his life is hell. <laughs> not because like, he, probably, he loves his life. But just like instead of committing yourself to a medium. Yeah. Like I always, it always broke my heart when I'd meet people in radio and they'd go, oh, I've just been a radio fan since I was a kid yeah, yeah. and it's always been my dream and I love radio. And I'd be like, I don't know. I mean, I love like storytelling and creating mm-hmm. and entertaining yeah, and yeah. writing and performing, mm-hmm. right? So for them, it's like, I need to work in radio, whereas for me, I need to be, you know, doing these things. Making things. Yeah. So instead of it being like, oh, I, I, I really want to be the next Marty Sheargold or Hamish Blake or whatever, just go, why, go one step further. Why do you want to do that? And I reckon you'll really learn a lot about yourself and what you, you know, what you like to do mm-hmm. rather than who you want to work for. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying go be an Instagram influencer because radio is dead. Yeah. But I'm saying there are, and I'm only learning this now because like I said, I did radio for a decade. There are thousands of possibilities in the world, especially nowadays. Mm -hmm. We were raised in the 90s where things were pretty, you know, straight and narrow. You did a job, you did it for your life and there were categories of job. And it'd be like, I'm a lawyer, I'm a banker, I'm a bricklayer, I'm a radio host. And that was just what you did and the company employed you and you just did it. And that plays into the sitting at the porch at 65 as well too, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, I probably have a bit of a 1950s sort of mentality around that. Mm. Um, but also I don't want to be working at the age yeah. of 70. I don't want to get up when I'm 75. Already I've got bad knees. Like I don't want to get up at the age of 75 and go, oh God, how am I going to earn money this week? But what about if it was doing, could you imagine being 65 doing a podcast? Yeah, that's the kind of thing I like to do. Yeah. So it's almost reframing because do you not see, that you've got your podcast completely obsessed? Totally obsessed. Totally obsessed. Yeah. Yeah, Th- thanks for fumbling so the, the credit. Well, this is the problem. It's the only I, reason I did this li- shithole of a show. <laughs> I li- so I get a, a, the funny to get thing a plug. Is, the, we won't get it right. The funny thing was I said yesterday, I was like obsessed. Yeah, it's good to be on the daily shit show. <laughs> the daily shit show. <laughs> Sometimes it is. The funny I thing is I literally lie. had that in my head the whole time because I'd, um, <laughs> I had said yesterday, I'm like, we've got Dan DeBoo from his podcast, Obsessed. I just oh, shortened you're it. You're a nightmare. And I'm like, I've got to fucking remember the whole thing. Yeah. And that was my version of remembering. You know, in radio, it. what we do is we, we write it down on write a piece of paper in front well, of us. There's a hot it's tip out, for that's you. Out, that's outrageous yeah. thoughts. But um, <laughs> totally words from the wise. <laughs> totally obsessed. The um, doing the the podcast versus radio is it scratching a different itch or is it one of the same thing? It's really different. I think comedians would be really good at podcasts and I think uh, actually no it's probably dumb but I just don't know if commercial radio hosts are very good at podcasts. Mm. It's interesting because we get trained to talk for three minutes at a time, mm. to be really concise. Um, You're just fucking hating this experience because we've just got like we are very oh, this radio. I'd, I'd hate this if it was my podcast because <laughs> I'd be like, what the hell? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'd be 
I'm, I'm panicking following your lead. When yeah. I host a podcast, all I can think is... How does this all connect? Is someone switching off right now? And but, so yeah. if you are but that's doing... That's not how people listen to podcasts. People, yeah. people do switch off and they don't care. They yeah. go, oh, yeah, I listened to half. There was something good yeah. there. There's no rule saying you have to listen to every second of a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. There's only three people who've made it this far. Yeah, uh, that's, we're cool with that. Exactly, because yeah. they downloaded it. Yeah. It still goes yeah. in your stats. Yeah. Whereas like... With radio, it's like t- time spent listening. Hook mm. them in for as long as possible. Don't never scare anyone off. Never scare anyone yeah. off. And that's, I guess, being like, if you don't want to scare, you go sort of like vanilla flavor mm. in some regards, right? Yeah. Like you uh, sort or of. Or you hold just back. you just get really formulaic. Mm. That's it. I mean, radio is super formulaic. And so when you decide to do the podcast, what actually made you know you had the idea in September of last year? It was You'd make it, was, it in August this year. What yeah. was the shift? Uh, it was just this idea of I need something that I do. This is what Sam Cav said to me. I need something that I do every week, rain, hail or shine, that doesn't depend on anything else. Mm. Because at the time I was like, oh, you know, I do a podcast about Game of Thrones and I do a, a, a web series about The Bachelor and, you know, it was all this stuff. And I was like, cool. So you rely on that and mm. it's, it's for, for a few months. You know, you do yeah, that yeah. for a few months and then you you go, cool, I don't need to do that anymore because I'm a very much – I hate doing anything repetitively. I love new challenges. I love different things. I hate doing the same thing over and over again. If We do a good phoner on the Dan and Maz show and I, all the time, without fail, the boss would come in and Benchmark. go, do that every week. <laughs> and we go, no, because then it'll suck. Yeah, I want to do something even better next week. So I'm like that. That's do you my think curse. that that was the and yeah? Because do you think it is a curse? Because I guess the um, there is something in repetition. It's like they they say like within radio, it's the stuff that people remember when they're doing qualitative research. They remember Fred Bassett. Yeah. They remember the benchmark that you know that you're going to hear every yeah. single week. I mean, I I think differently to that mm-hmm. personally. I mean, that's. You That's know. one hypothesis. No, I think that is how people yeah. listen to radio shows. Yeah. But I think more like that kid with the did you get your mum the CD thing. Yeah. Like I remember Hamish once just telling a standalone just a quick story about um, when his partner was away. So he um, sat in front of the fireplace wearing a dressing gown, eating a roast chicken from the bag. <laughs> and for some reason in my mind, I've never forgotten just that image. Yeah. And well, it's because you created an image. Yeah, I reckon correct. that's probably the key. Is but that? yeah, I think most people don't listen to radio the way that I used to. I used to listen to radio like it was a podcast. Yeah, I was. A, I'd listen to every second of every show. So, what are the rules of pod? If you were you're a formulate guy, you like that sort of formula. There's a few things I've learned about podcast. Um, a few things I've learned about podcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's me, human. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, um, I think. Like I said, like people don't need to be hit with stuff straight up and then to get out as soon as possible. Like people, there's sure people love like a 10 minute briefing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think there are other media, like I've been doing a bit of stuff for like Google Home and stuff like that. And for that, people want to get in and get out as quickly as humanly possible. If you keep them for five seconds longer, they'll hate you. Is it utilitarian? Is that yeah. because they're wanting news or If you put it on a or... spectrum, yeah. podcast be at one end, radio in the middle and Google Home at the other. Yeah. Right? Um, but I think with podcast, people kind of, they don't care. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to half a podcast, you might go back. Mm-hmm. You might just go to the next episode. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. It's more just like, you know, if you catch up with your friend and you 
don't cover off everything that's going on in your life, but instead you spend ages, I don't know, talking about, you know, what fruit you would be if you were a fruit. Oh, I'd be a grape. I'd be a nectarine. bro, don't give away the good stuff. (laughs) That was a a private conversation. Whoever's stuck with us, we closed the loop. (laughs) I don't know if we really did close the loop. We opened up the in-joke. We just opened up the in-joke. That's exciting. Is this a benchmark? It's... In joke open, guys. Our first in Boing. joke open. Woo! Nah, nah, Nova sounds different. Moo. <laughs> the moo cow was also a good Always. throwback. So the, um, but yeah, so it's more like the listener can just listen to it whenever they want and whatever. It's a lot more relaxed. I used to edit my podcasts so much because yeah. my first few podcasts, I would cut myself out so much because I was like, oh, it's more about the guest. People want to hear about the guest. You know, yeah. Like if you've got One Direction on your radio show, they don't want to hear you talking about, yeah. you know, how awkward you get with barbers. They want to hear One Direction. But then you get time. One Direction fans as your listenership who might not necessarily connect with you as well as people who are sticking around mm. for you. Yeah, whereas a podcast is like they, yeah, you've got a guest on each week, uh-huh. but they come to your podcast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a bit different that way. And it's, I think for us, we don't frame our conversations like interviews. We don't want it to feel like we're just asking questions. Yeah, mine's, mine's more interview. Yeah. Mine is like I want to – like I specifically say to someone, I want you to do the talking, mm. which is great for me because, again, I can just react. Yeah. yeah Do you ever have someone tell you that in radio there's reactors and generators? No, no. I heard that. So there's two types, right? There's generators. This is definitely going on radio today. I'm going to get that headline and put it in a oh, little... Is this going on radio today? Oh, yeah, I think we'll, we should be able to get oh, it across maybe. God. Can you speak to Brad March? Do you think we can <laughs> oh, get, no. Is there going to be some... Dan DeBoof weighs in on the royal prank. Yeah, exactly. oh. Absolutely. We'll get a photo. Can we, We've God. actually got a Union Jack flag for you no, to hold I think up it's, if um, it's not too much. If we no. do headlines, Dan DeBoof oh. ru- um, ruins childhood dream of... Being on radio. Yeah, oh, Dan DeBoof shit cans Marty Shear gold. <laughs> yeah, that oh was definitely. I set you up with the Marty Shear gold one. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did you want, yeah, want to clarify anything else with oh, the radio today, audience? Yeah. Maybe radio oh, info. No. <laughs> on the plus side, no one will listen this long. So I think I'll be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, so, um, yeah, where, where, what, what, what did you. Yeah, you were talking about the generators and. Oh, yeah. The, so, yeah. What were yeah. the two? Generators and reactors. And generators, you know, come up with stuff and reactors sort of bounce off that. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the biggest things for me was realizing I'm actually a reactor. Mm. Like I get more excited about interacting with people and about um, discovery and and moments than I do about, you know, like the whole stand-up thing. Hi, Mm -hmm. here's my jokes. I hope you Mm -hmm. like them. Like I'd rather be like, oh, that's a great joke and this and that and yeah, cool, cool, you know, that sort of thing. Um, And I think it's, yeah, it's important to know that sort of stuff. And so what is that format then? If you were to take those loves of what you want to do, is it in obviously improv's a big one and how do you just on the improv thing? I've always thought I would love to do improv and because I like that there's – as you were talking about like the rules type of thing, I feel like I'd be the type of guy who thinks I'm good at improv, but then I go there and it's like, you're not fucking doing improv at yeah, all. Everyone does improv a different way. Everyone does improv a different how way. Would, how would a beginner get into improv? Is it literally like... Oh, there's, so I'm part group? of a group called The Big Hoo-Ha, which is a, a sort of professional improv group in Melbourne and they do classes okay. called The Hoo-Ha Academy. Okay. That to me, if like I know the people who teach, okay. they're all brilliant. Uh-huh. And uh, 
Yep. Is it like a class. weekend thing? Nah, it's, it's an after school thing or something. After school. The fact that you say after school. I was doing that ironically, but yeah, I think it's <laughs> evenings. It's evenings. Well, I did Helen O'Grady, uh, which was like a drama school when I was a, a kid. And I just after remember. School care program? Yeah, but I was just spewing because I was like. You're you wearing, can, it looks like you're wearing a theater outfit yeah, right now. I, you know? All blacks all the yeah. time. Either that uh, or Steve Jobs. Yeah, a little outfit. bit of that vibe. The um, But I but I casual down below with my shorts. I didn't um, need to see you flex like so, that. I'm so Sorry. Right. I saw right I'm not used right to it there. I'm not used to it. It's like Alan Partridge. Oh, I've popped out again. Sorry, Lynn. <laughs> Another <laughs> reference. Um, yeah, but no, with the Helen O'Grady thing, I remember I was spewing because I was expecting that we we're going to be doing drama and we we're going to be doing all this stuff. And it was a lot of games. And I just thought it was a little bit um, below okay. me. We, we do a lot of games yeah. stuff as well, but that's mainly because um, it's like saying, oh, I want to play, I want to be out there playing footy and you've got me in the gym. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, well, yeah you'll yeah. play footy, yeah. but you need to spend the majority of time in the gym and doing drills. Yeah. Ball skills. Yeah. Strength yeah, and conditioning. Um, totally obsessed. Uh, what's, so you're just going to keep doing it every single week? Yeah. The, the last, I mean, is this Sam podcast, this podcast going live today? today? Yeah. yeah. So the last episode for the year comes out on Wednesday with Ryan Shelton. Hey. Great. What's Ryan's obsession? Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. He actually, yeah, he went to LA yep. or whatever yeah. for the whole. He's got the jacket, yeah. does he? He's yeah, got some. Mate, I've seen him on Hold the gold. This yeah, is this right. is great. Right. You'll have to listen um, to um, Completely and utterly obsessed is the podcast. <laughs> Fundamentally and paramountly obsessed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and then I'll, I'm going away over uh, the silly season and then when I get back, I'll kick it back into gear again. Mm. What's it like? Are you part of a network or something? Were you part What's of a like network? Acast or something? Like no, 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 no. He's doing me. all independently. This is just me. Fucking great. It's so, so stressful. It just shouldn't be. Booking we, guests. Yeah. Just, it's mm. so draining. How do you reach out to most people? I don't know, just DMs. email. And it's just I've mates. gotten off It's all just media. been mates. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's a good way of doing yeah. it. Yeah, I, I kind of part of me is like, I don't want to rely too much on my mates because mm. I want to keep them up my sleeve for when it gets really grim. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there will be enough momentum. Like it's almost like uh, you build the momentum. The momentum is pretty good, then, but yeah. yeah, it's generally you rely on the kindness mm-hmm. of strangers. What mm. was the deal? I, uh, how did um. You find out about you got onto the top podcasts. What are you networking a, now? In a that was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I just um, some of my mates just texted me that morning. So this is like, on iTunes. It's yeah, like, it was like iTunes had their top podcasts of 2018, and like it was literally like Teacher's Pet, yeah. Lee Sales and Annabelle Crab, me. Did you see a yeah. big bo- spike? Like, I'm curious yeah. whether yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, Daily shit show didn't make it on. Yeah, we didn't. We're too. We've got. I like to think the reason is because I've marked our show as explicit. But it's <laughs> no, probably got I've got that more I've to do that. That, yeah. as, at the show his, level. Fact is hypothesis. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I think it's to do with the fact. content. No, I. <laughs> it's not to do with content. Generate a reactor. No, I was just. Um, I released my podcast sort of in that second half of the year. Yeah. That's around about the time when people start going, oh, we're probably going to have to put a best of out at the end of the mm-hmm. year. And I was just gaining a bit of momentum there. Then around about September, October, I got onto the new and noteworthy. Yeah. Um, and that was because of a few friends that I know and and um, like just sort of persistent emails. Mm-hmm. Um, In Apple? Or yeah. Okay, well, I don't know anyone at Apple, yeah. but I'm friends of friends and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, just things like giving them the artwork in the right format yeah, quickly yeah, yeah, as yeah. possible and stuff like that. Um, 
And then, yeah, I was like, oh, wow, that's so good. And, yeah, I got a little spike from that, just being in the, the new and noteworthy. And I was like, ah, well done, Dan. You've really done a good job. <laughs> and, yeah, about six weeks later, boom. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's very yeah. cool. So, what's the, what's the moral of the story there? Um, it, was a, it was a good one. Yeah, not sure. That's I, call, okay. I call that my career Christmas present. Yeah. Getting on career. that list was my career Christmas present. It was That's Santa nice. delivering me a nice little career boost in December. That's a good yeah. radio That's today headline. Yeah. Hi, the daily talk show.com if people want to send us an email. Just very quickly. What's uh, my email address? Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got your email address. Oh, actually, no, he's bloody I, released my phone uh, number no, on air. No. Oh, oh no. I'll, I'll get your hand off it, Andy. Oh, come on, mate. Oh, the people want to hear Bassett. Come on, mate. <laughs> the, um, no, we got, a, uh, we got an, an email from someone from the last show. We do a shit job of when we have guests on, we don't we struggle to bring in any of the stuff that we are doing at a regular regular basis so they feel a little bit compartmentalized if okay. that makes sense so I just wanted to bring up the um, what is this a uh, mailbag segment yeah this is a mailbag <laughs> segment bag, yeah. crow's nest New South Wales <laughs> is that aggro was oh, that, that was everyone yeah. Nickelodeon crow's nest was channel 9 I think channel V as well I remember when I yeah yeah. because well, I remember when I first went to channel 9 in, in 2010 when I first mm. was working in Sydney and the address said crow's nest and I was like oh <gasps> You're going to the crow's nest. Oh my god! I might get to meet the crow. <laughs> Who's just oh, was this hello. channel nine or ten? Oh, welcome <laughs> to my nest. Oh, <laughs> see, it's funny, right? <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, he did it. <laughs> that was seamless too. Uh, now we got an email from uh, Gemma. Uh, the uh, subject line is Bombonieri. We're talking yesterday, uh, yeah, yeah, about Bombonieris, yeah. and she just said. Uh, she was concerned about my spelling. She's at the she was at the twenty two minute mark when she uh, wrote this email. She was saying that I read it out with an N instead of an M, which was giving her hives. And she tells this uh, very. She's quick, a copywriter. Yeah, she tells this very quick story. She said, "Went to a wedding of one of my girlfriends last year, and her fiance, now husband, is this big former rugby playing investment banker, as alpha as alpha as they get." She said. Uh, He'd been taking secret candle making classes as a form of stress relief. So we all were given a handmade candle from the groom as our bombonary. That was 18 months ago and he's still making candles mm. for shits and gigs. That was from Gemma. Mm. Have, you, have you received a bombonary? I reckon my granddad, rest his soul, uh, was Giuseppe Biazin. Mm. So he's Italian. Joe Bison to his Aussie mates. Joe Bison. <laughs> um, and I reckon, yeah, as a kid, I would have been to a few um, Italian weddings because I was really frustrated with the Bonboniere because I was like, um, I thought they were little Easter eggs. Mm, well, I thought they were little Easter we've, eggs. But we've turned. We've turned almonds coated in sugar into fucking candles. I think it's taken the piss well, a bit. I was furious because uh, almond coated in sugar, disgusting. They actually taste quite good. No, I think I maybe nuts. they've been I changed. I hate nuts, man. Oh, I really? Hate I hate nuts. Is almond like enough? Chewing on bits of wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. Oh, when you go to the Chinese restaurant, oh, yum, chicken stir fry. Yeah. Oh, cashew. Oh, this is a great uh, bit. Uh, 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 yuck. Um, um, so Dan's imagine Almond like, Rave. Imagine. <laughs> yeah, I know, Dan, Almond Rave, 6.45. Yeah, we need more of that, Dan, yeah, next yeah. week, more oh, Almond yeah, Rave. Do you think, you could, do you think we could Bruce. do a benchmark <laughs> on nuts? Dan's most hated nuts. Mate, yeah. loved, loved let's, the let's, almonds. Dan <laughs> tastes some new nuts. Oh yeah, every single, every single week. You this could, is exactly what I was like, and this is what I've been like in meetings. 
Oh, oh, just get through it. Just get through it. <laughs> but uh, because once the mics go on, you can say whatever you want. That's what I always do. You'd be in meetings and everyone would say these things and you go, oh, I don't want to do any of that. And you just let them put it all on the on, on the, the show run sheet. And the second the mics go on, you go, don't want to do any of it. It all sucks. I hate it. I don't want to do it. And they're sitting out there going, what? And you're going, ha-ha. Yeah, you're stuck with this now. You're stuck with this. Kyle does that all the time. It's live. It's live, it's live suckers. Uh, and the other correction, <laughs> uh, our first real apology for the show. We don't do apologies really? much. Yeah. Oh, thank you um, so much. I was wondering uh, when you were going to apologize to me. <laughs> no, uh, 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 to Lynn Jansen, uh, my mum. We were, were That's making, your fucker. Yeah, I was, making, I was laughing at her because she was saying bonbonieri, which is the correct way of saying it. I was yeah. saying bonbonieri. And uh, slight, it's a slight yeah. difference. It was the twang she had at the end. Yeah, it was, bon- very, it was quite airy. funny. And so, um, Scooter Derek, we saw him downstairs at the cafe, yeah. and he was saying, "You should apologise." Yeah, so, fucked up. I so, so I love how you bury all your shout outs right at the end. Well, that's at the. Uh, do you know what we can actually also bury? We've we haven't asked for this in about six months. We don't ask for do you want an ID. No, nah, for hey, what's up? It's Dan, and you are listening to. The shit show <laughs> of the day. <laughs> Did I get it? Thanks, guys. Bye. No, do you know what we have? <laughs> <laughs> no way. Random. One more. Can you do a Boing. count? Yeah. <laughs> no, the um, one thing that we haven't done at all, I reckon it's probably six months we made a, mm. an effort where we're like asking people for ratings mm. is just bullshit. We don't need to do it. And we... Since I said that, it's below us, yeah, it was a bit below us. The thing is that since we stopped saying it, yeah, we stopped getting them. No one fucking rates the show. Ask and you shall receive. I say get on iTunes and give this one a five stars. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there we go. It's the Daily Talk Show. Hi, the Daily Talk Show dot com. If you want to send us an email, but yeah, we've got sixty one. Uh, ratings so far they're all five stars the good thing about asking at why the end why did we all stand up just there? I don't well, know because I'm about to piss we myself I need to go to the toilet no, that, well, that's, that's how why you do we it we all just stand up but the good thing is that the um, it's it's because we're really it's like a um, fucking NLP someone oh, stood up and oh, actually, do you know this though have you noticed when you hang out with radio people they always make a joke and then just walk away yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's always three minutes yeah and so that's what I just did then I made my funny joke about five stars and this is what I used to do is our chairs would have wheels and I I would just push back from yeah. the desk well, and just go, done. And if the break kept going, I'd just be like, no. Um, were you, you panelling or no? God, as well, no, or no. Who, no. Could, who was panelling? We always had different people. Ah, we had okay. MC, we had would Angus you point, Would you fucking had... point at them when you'd want them to, like, were you that oh, control? Like, if you did a good joke, would you fucking? Out. Yeah, mate, that was no. How no, many conversations so did, you, did you ever have a time where you're like, mate, Could that you was imagine good... that? Just being like. 100% I would do that. <laughs> Boom. Just fucking. Bam, got like a it. mic drop. But the good thing about going at the end is you um, rarely get negative reviews because if they've stayed this far, yeah, true. unless they're a hate follower, which we don't know how many have come <laughs> from that space. But anyway. Hi at the dailytalkshow.com. <laughs> Catch you guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Dan. That's all right. <laughs>